I was impacted by everything that was happening in our world again this week. And um, with that impact, I wanted to begin our service this morning, my part of the service this morning, with a prayer, holding in our prayer time each one that was impacted yesterday through the events that unfolded at the temple in Pittsburgh, impacted by all the people this week whose lives were threatened, impacted all those people who were impacted that maybe didn't even make it into the headlines, just all of that that is weighing so heavily on me today. And so I want to share with you a prayer for the world that was written by Rabbi Harold Kushner. Let the rain come and wash away the ancient grudges, the bitter hatreds held and nurtured over generations. Let the rain wash away the memory of the hurt, the neglect. And then let the sun come out and fill the sky with rainbows. Let the warmth of the sun heal us wherever we are broken. Let it burn away the fog so that we can see each other clearly, so that we can see beyond the labels, beyond accent, beyond gender or skin color. Let the warmth and brightness of the sun melt our selfishness so that we can share the joys and feel the sorrows of our neighbors. And let the light of the sun be so strong that we will see all people as our neighbors. Let the earth, nourished by the rain, bring forth flowers to surround us with beauty. And let the mountains teach our hearts to reach upward toward heaven. Amen. Amen. So, is this one still not on? I guess I still got to stay here. So that, that prayer, that invitation to us, right, to, to allow the rain to wash away our sorrows and the sun to light up our way is the intention behind our message today in our service, the most exciting and dangerous teaching. And so what is that? I want to share with you, first of all, in the words of Neil Donald Walsh. And so this is how he begins this chapter, and we're in chapter 18 this week. He says this, If we are to truly engage in the process of manifesting on earth what one desires, it would be necessary for us to have some control over the events of our lives, some modicum of jurisdiction, at least some small ability to command and to create the circumstance of our day-to-day experience. Most of us have experienced our lives as an expression of exactly the opposite. It seems to us that we have very little control over anything. We are told that God is in charge and that God will decide what is best for us. And if we don't believe in God, then we imagine that we are at the mercy of fate. And if we are not fatalists, then we think of ourselves as simply moving through a random series of random events in a random universe that offers no guarantee of any particular outcome whatsoever. But God came to give us a different message through Neil Donald Walsh, and that is our core message that we are sharing today, and that is the idea that you are the creator of your own reality, 
using the three tools of creation, thought, word, and action. Still nothing? I'm going to take charge. Oh, that was what I was going to go, say. I'm going to go get Roberta's mic. Thank you, Michelle, for bringing me this one because I cannot stand behind there a lot. It just feels wrong. Thought, word, and action. These are not new ideas in unity. Anybody who has been around unity for any period of time knows that we teach here at unity that we can take charge of our world. We can take charge of our life. And then it begins as we take charge of our thoughts. Our third basic unity principle tells us we create our world through the power of the thoughts that we are holding in our minds. You and I are creating our lives by the thoughts that we are holding in mind. And therefore, if we want to transform our life, if we want to transform our world, we must take charge of the thoughts that we are holding in mind. That's where we begin. And as you catch the thoughts that you're holding that are out of alignment with truth and you change your mind about them and you think new thoughts, new words will begin to come out of your mouth. Before you do that, you might be caught up with words of, you know, condemnation and judgment and gossip and all of those kinds of things. But change your thoughts, and the words that come out of your mouth will be words that empower and inspire and uplift and have compassion and understanding. Our words reflect our thoughts. If you don't know what you're thinking, pay attention to what you're saying. And then the actions that we take that come out of the thoughts that we're holding in mind and the words that we're speaking. And so if you and I want to change our world, it has to begin through the power of our thinking. What thoughts are you and I holding that give into the very human ideas that we are born into, that we're separate? That there's not enough to go around, that there's lack and there's limitation. That somehow we're not one with one another and with God. And then coming back to the understanding that we teach her how this whole series began, how every series begins, right? And that is that we are one with that power and that presence that is God. This, this is where we begin. And yet, we can look out there into the world and we can see all of the things that are unfolding in the world and we can feel like I myself have very little impact on what's happening in life. Does anyone ever feel that way? And in feeling that way, we can begin to shut down to that very power and presence that is within us in which we can change the world, as Roberta sang about today. But how does that work? I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that Unity teaches that God is that absolute realm that absolute realm of all possibility it is non-changing. It doesn't pick and choose who to bless and who not to bless and who to curse and who not to curse. God doesn't work that way. God is all good, omnipotent, all powerful, everywhere present. This is our first unity teaching. 
And our second unity teaching tells us that we are all unique individual expressions of the divine and that we are here to shine that light of Christ consciousness through the activity of our life. Second unity principle. Leading to the third, which is that we create our world according to the thoughts we hold in mind. And so we have this idea in which we live and breathe and move and have our being, that absolute idea that God is good, omnipotence itself, that God is desiring to express through us, as us, the good that we are, right? And then that perfect divine idea enters into our individual consciousness through the activity of each of our individual minds. But first, first what it goes through is that filter of our collective consciousness, what Charles Fillmore called our race consciousness. And these are where we as humanity have agreed, whether we realize it or not, we have agreed on the ideas that we will hold together, ideas that there is such a thing as countries and races, ideas that there is such a thing Ideas that there is not enoughness. Ideas that we're separate from one another. Ideas like that. Ideas of classes and caste that we agree to whether we realize that we've agreed to it or not. Because we are here living in this world. We have entered into agreements with one another. Some agreements serve us and many agreements don't. Many agreements simply create further separation, and further division within us. And so we have in the collective consciousness these ideas that whether we realize it or not are impacting the thoughts that we're holding in mind, the words that we're speaking out, the actions that we're taking. Anytime you hear yourself thinking, well, that's just the way it is. A collective consciousness acting out. Anytime that you think, well, you can't have peace in the world. Peace will never exist. That's a collective consciousness idea that we have agreed to so we can continue to be at war with one another. It's time to change our minds. So we are each a part of that collective consciousness. And what unity teaches, one of the the beauties of unity teachings is that we can take individual responsibility for the activity of our mind, our own individual mind, and that as we do that, we heal the collective consciousness. We heal that idea in the collective mind until eventually all of humanity will evolve to its, its next greatest and better vision for ourselves, right? A world that works for everyone. And I want to make sure that you hear in that. It's not just a world that works for people who think like us. It's a world that works for everyone. So that we can hold the truth, the idea of truth for each and every one we see. So we can know that each and every life that was impacted yesterday by the tragedy in Pittsburgh, we can know that each and every one has that power and that presence of the divine within them to strengthen them and uplift them and give them peace and help them through this time. But we don't just stop there. We also hold the one who did the action that we can see created such destruction. We hold them as well in that place. 
of recognizing and realizing that they too have the power of that divine presence within them. We, we don't give any power to the idea that they are, are somehow less than. We give power to the idea that they have simply forgotten who they are. And if you and I forget who we are, how helpful is it for someone else to engage with us in that place of forgetfulness? That will feel no thought in the collective consciousness. But when we agree to see one another, to hold one another with compassion and with love and with light, in that truth, this one too has that divine power within them. Let them find it, God. We have the power to heal the collective idea that we are all holding in mind and we can come together in oneness. I shared with you that very first week that that idea of oneness, that idea that we are one with God and one with each other is our salvation. But it is also our greatest challenge. How much easier it is to agree with the collective unconscious of the challenges of this world and woe is me and that one is evil and it's their fault, right? It's so much easier that way. One of the, one of the songs that I just so love, we've been singing it, thank you, Bonnie, for our offering, you know, about bearing witness. And every week as I'm sitting here singing this song, you know, I will bear witness to your love. I will bear witness to your love. I will bear witness to your love for all my life. I sit here and I sing that and through my mind passes every person that I have brought judgment down upon. And I think to myself, what does it look like to bear witness to this one? What does it look like to bear witness to those that are in your life that push your buttons? What does it look like to bear witness to God's love to that relative that you know you're going to be spending the holidays with and you can't stand them? What does it look like to bear witness to the person who flips you off on the highway? What does it look like to bear witness to that coworker that gets under your skin or that boss that's always telling you what to do? What does it look like to bear witness to that power of God that is within us with each and every person that we meet. This is how we will create the world that we are striving to create together. This is the most exciting and dangerous teaching because whether you and I realize it or not, we are creating the world in which we live. This world did not arise out of a vacuum. And it's not their fault. All of us collectively engaging with one another. And we can hold thoughts in mind and speak words out and take action that creates hell on earth. Is everybody familiar with that experience? Or we can change our mind. You and I have the power to change our mind. We can activate that power of power that says, I can take charge of my thoughts. You are not your thoughts. I am not my thoughts. Thoughts arise within us. Can I stop my thoughts of judgment when they start up? There they are again. But I don't 
continue with them. I don't grab a hold of that thought and then add to the story in my mind of how that thought is so very real. You know, so the the thought arises because my button's been pushed. And then I go into my whole story of woe is me. And I feed that thought so that the emotions start to arise of anger and bitterness and judgment and blame. And I feed that thought. But you don't have to. I don't have to feed those thoughts. I am not my thoughts. You are not your thoughts. So when those thoughts arise, when feelings arise, we don't deny that those thoughts and feelings are there. We simply choose again in that moment. I can release this thought. And I can give no further power to it. And instead, I can choose to remember the truth. That's engaging in the power of will to change your mind. You and I have the power to do it. There is nothing getting in the way of our doing it except the story that we tell ourselves. That we are less than. That we are not really the divine in this question. You know, if you really knew me, if you really knew what went on in my mind, if you really saw me, you'd realize I'm not all that. Isn't that what we tell ourselves to let ourselves off the hook so we can keep creating hell on earth together? Enough. Enough. Let the rains wash away those aching hurts. Let the sun shine on our soul. Let us begin to demonstrate the kingdom of ever-expanding good, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It is our choice. And as you and I heal individually our thoughts, we heal the thoughts in the collective consciousness. There was a man by the name of Claire Graves back in the 60s who created a theory called spiral dynamics. And the theory of spiral dynamics tells us that we as humanity are evolving in consciousness. And so we began as humanity thousands of years ago at that level of consciousness where we were just trying to survive. And then from there, thousands of years later, our consciousness expanded and and evolved. And now we gathered together in groups and in tribes and, and had magical ceremonies and whatnot. And then that evolved. And we evolved through science and religion and all of those, all of those ways we, we keep evolving as humanity. And it used to be, Claire Graves showed, it used to be it would take thousands of years for that evolution of humanity, for that evolution of consciousness to take place. But like everything else in our world today, conscious evolution is speeding up. Do you feel it? And what used to take thousands of years can now be accomplished, you know, in a hundred years or less in our lifetime. Our work is so important. Greg Braden has shared that if the square root of 1% of our population got this and started living from this place, the whole world would transform. There would be an evolution in our human consciousness. Now, I don't know if that exact number is true or not, but what I know is that we have been taught through different principles and metaphors that it isn't going to take all 7 billion of us. It's going to just take enough. And when is that enough? I don't know. But I'm willing to do my part, and I am inviting each of us to do our part, and it begins by changing our mind. 
by healing every thought that is out of alignment with truth in our mind so that we heal those thoughts that are in the collective conscience. Will you be willing to join me in that? And so we, we practice together, right? So I want to share with you, I'm going to share another spiritual practice with you as I do each and every week. But what I want to make sure that is clear to you is that you can do this spiritual practice or whatever spiritual practice you are currently doing that is helping you to know that you are the creator of your life and you need to heal your thoughts. So if you don't already have a practice, here's one for you to pick up. But pick up a practice. So how many of you last week did the practice of knowing God? You know, you went through your week knowing God, whether you did the practice I gave you or a different one. How many of you practiced knowing God last week? such important work for us to do. We are here to create heaven on earth, to heal humanity. So here's our practice for the week. Choose in every moment that you can manage it to make life an experience of creation rather than reaction. How much of the time are you spending in reaction rather than conscious creation? When something that does not feel welcome arises in your life, don't ask yourself, what does this mean? How often do we get caught up in that cycle of, why is this happening? Stop that. It's not helpful. Just change your mind. Just change your mind. Ask yourself, what do I want this to mean? Ask yourself, what do I choose for it to mean? Ask yourself, what did I intend for this to mean? And then don't look to your mind to give you answers. Let your mind can make up all kinds of stories, can't it? Don't look to your mind to give you the answers. Give your answers to your mind instead. Most people let their minds tell them what to think. Are you one of those people? Do you let your mind tell you what to think? Stop it. Masters tell their mind what to think rather than their mind telling them what to think. So this week, this is what we're going to practice, telling our mind what to think, changing our mind, changing our thoughts so that we together can reveal the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And because we take that so seriously here at Unity Spiritual Center, we know it's not enough to just sit here in these chairs and say, oh, it feels so good. God, take over. We have to do our work. We have to do our part. We have to take action. It's thought and word and action, right? So we have some opportunities for you to take action to help create the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So many of you responded to our, our, our invitation to help Peggy O'Brien with her cat while she was um, recovering from a health challenge. So Peggy is being released, but unfortunately is not able to go back to where she was living. So she's moving into a new place and would love to have visitors, would love to have people call her up and say hello. And so if you stop by the concierge desk, there's those little business cards there, and you can go visit Peggy. So say hello to her. Go inspire and uplift her. Being that love in action. The correspondence team met this week, and Linda Schultz, sitting right there, raise your hand, Linda, everybody know who you are. 
She came to me and she said, my daughter and I have space at our Thanksgiving table and we'd love to invite someone. So I just asked the correspondence team if they knew anyone in our community that we could invite. And they suggested that we ought to put it out there to the whole community so if there's others with space at their Thanksgiving table, they can invite too. What a, what a great and simple idea, community in-reach idea. So out on the information turnstiles today, there is a form that you can put down, I have space at my Thanksgiving table. And there's another place that you can put down your name if you need, or not need, but you'd love to get an invitation to spend Thanksgiving with someone because you don't have someone to spend Thanksgiving with. And together, Linda's going to take those lists and she's going to match those people up. So help us with that project. Creating the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We have a basket for donations for Unity of Panama City that was so impacted by Hurricane Michael a couple of weeks ago. If you feel so compelled to help them over and above your help here, put your money in that basket. And finally, I don't want to forget to mention Unity Responds, which came out of this idea that it's not enough to just know these things. It's not enough to get caught up with What do we do? What do we do? We want some action. We want to know what can we do. So Unity Response came up because of that. We've had a variety of topics where we've not only shared with you what's happening, but here are action steps that you can take to heal this. And so on uh, November 8th, a Thursday night, 7 p.m., we're having our last Unity Response for this year, and it's on depression as a choice. If you go into this holiday season and and you're concerned, or it's a time of darkness out in our world, and it creates in you a sadness. Come, get inspired to know that you can change your mind. Together, we can make a difference. Together, we can heal the world. But it's going to take each and every one of us doing our part. Are you up for doing your part? Together, we can create a world that not only works for people who think like us, yay, but a world that works for everyone. Thank you, and God bless.